1: He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
0: We are watching a slow motion train wreck. The party is ending. The global economy is in free fall. The Fed says that it is fighting inflation. But in fact, what it is doing is creating more inflation. So we are watching as the middle class in America and in Europe is destroyed. It is all by plan. It has been carefully thought out many years ago. They are simply implementing the plan that they have had on the books, all to prepare for the coming of the beast power. The party is ending. We've had a time of great prosperity in America Largely on easy and cheap money. Now, an explosion is coming, one such as the world has never before witnessed. And that explosion will destroy everything we have seen as normal. And you need to be safely tucked away at the word of God, waiting upon the Messiah. This coming explosion that has been planned will bring in the beast power of Revelation. Now, when we read Revelation carefully and we look at the four Horseman of the Apocalypse, it is very plain that the four horses of the Apocalypse are preparing the way for God's people through a time of intense testing and suffering and tribulation to prepare for Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven, visible to everyone, not secret. The end of the world is cataclysmic. It is horrendous. It is beyond anything you and I can imagine. That storm is now breaking upon us. How will you stand? Are you safely hidden away in Jesus? Or are you still playing with the lust of your heart? And will you be lost? Are you still worshiping your idols? Or have you turned aside from them and now seek only Jesus and his face? Let's go back in some history. It would be helpful to understand how God is going to function because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I believe that what I'm going to read for you is from the Lord Jesus, pre-incarnate, before he was born in Bethlehem. We find it beginning in Ezekiel, the seventh chapter. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the land of Israel. The End The end has come upon the four corners of the land. The end is now upon you, and I will unleash my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. I will surely repay you for all your conduct and detestable practices. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Disaster. An unheard of disaster is coming. The end has come. The end has come. It has roused itself against you. It has it has come. Doom has come upon you. You will dwell in the land. The time has come. The day is near. There is panic, not joy, upon the mountains. I am about to pour out my wrath on you and spend my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices." I will not look on you with pity or spare you. I will repay you in accordance with your conduct and detestable practices among you. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who strikes the blow. The day is here. It has come. Doom has burst Forth, the rod has budded, arrogance has blossomed, violence has grown into a rod to punish wickedness. None of the people will be left, none of that crowd. No wealth, nothing of value. The time has come, the day has arrived. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller grieve, for wrath is upon the whole crowd. The seller will not recover the land he has sold as long as both of them live, for the vision concerning the whole crowd will not be reversed. Because of their sins, not one of them will preserve his life. Though they blow the trumpet And get everyone ready. No one will go out into battle, for my wrath is upon the whole crowd. Outside is the sword. Inside are plagues and famine. Those in the country will die by the sword, and those in the city will be devoured by famine and plague. All who survive and escape will be in the mountains, moaning like doves of the valleys, each because of his sins." Every hand will go limp. Every knee will become as weak as water. They will put on sackcloth and be clothed with tear. Their faces will be covered with shame, and their heads will be shaved. They will throw their silver into the streets, and their gold will be an unclean thing. Their silver and gold will not be able to save them in the day of the Lord's wrath. They will not satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs with it for it is made for them to stumble into sin. And then if we look over here in the 13th chapter of Ezekiel. Now, please let me say this. The Lord does not change. Revelation tells us that he is going to do the same thing at the end of time. Now, In Ezekiel, he's speaking about the utter destruction of the nation of Israel, of Judah. Jerusalem was burned. Many, many people perished by the sword or were taken into captivity naked. You say, but but pastor, were they that bad? They were no worse than people today. They were no worse than the people filling the churches of America. People said, why is the Lord so angry at us? Totally unaware of the wickedness of always seeking after money, always seeking after prosperity, always seeking after the entertainments of the world, always enjoying wickedness. Remember, wickedness is the tree of the knowledge of both good and evil. In other words, not focused on the Lord, not focused on Jesus, not focused on walking clean before God and fulfilling his purposes. No. Everybody had in mind what they wanted. Now, listen to this portion. The word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel 13. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are now prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets, O Israel, are like jackals among the ruins." You've not gone up to the breaks in the wall to repair it for the house of Israel so that it will stand firm in the battle on the day of the Lord. I have listened to countless prophets in America. I have not heard one of these prophets except one. There is one exception. A young woman who, who prophesies a straight word from God but all the others, not one of them has, I, have I heard a rebuke for the sin and wickedness of the American church. In one large meeting, a prophetess, who is now recognized as the prophetess in America, she stood in front of this crowd, and she began to make prophecies for people. Not one time in that presentation did she rebuke one person for sin. Instead, she said, Oh, there's one of you here who has a yacht for sale. You've been very concerned about that. I want to tell you the yacht has been sold. Don't worry anymore about it. I got the newsletter from this organization And it said we are $40,000 short of our goal. And we're going to have to go off air. We're going to have to go off our ministry if we don't receive this month $40,000. I said, Lord, what is that about? Then I got the next newsletter. I found out what it was about. They had decided to build a whole new beautiful center for their administration. And they needed the $40,000 to build that luxurious center. I laughed and I said, Lord, what utter wickedness before you. Lying and divination. This woman was prophesying by divination. And in those early years, as I was seeking the Holy Spirit, I got a call from a prophet from Colorado Springs. He said to me, Pastor Ray, I'm going to be in your area on such and such a date. I'd love to meet with your congregation, and I'd love to prophesy for them. Well, I said, that sounds great to me. How much will it cost? He said, oh, no, no. At the end of my prophecy, just take an offering, and whatever I receive, that's what I'll receive. I said, okay. So this man came. And we had a group then of about 15 people. And we sat together. And he went around the circle one by one and prophesied over each person. As I listened, my stomach was turned. And I recognized he was not from the Lord, he was just speaking in divination. He had not received anything from the Lord. We took the offering at the end. He was well satisfied with it. The next year, he called me again. He said, Pastor Ray, I'm going to be in your area next month. I'd love to stop and prophesy again for your church. What he was really saying is, Pastor Ray, I've got this evening open, and I'd love to collect some money from your people with divination. Nothing that he said came to pass. It was all false. I see national ministries focused around prophesying. Prophesying. You know, Baal had prophets. And almost every person who calls themselves a prophet in the American church is a prophet of Baal, not of the Lord Jesus. And they receive nothing from the Lord. They speak by divination. They wear their They're fancy things and they they act like they're somebody and, and God said to them, now I don't despise prophecies. I despise divination. You see, the false prophets of our day do not confront the church with their wickedness. They don't confront They don't rebuke. I know of only one. I'm sure there are others who rebuke soundly. I praise God for that one that I know of. I listen carefully to the word she speaks because I know there's no divination in it. She is trying to fill in the holes in the wall that the enemy is flooding through to destroy the American church. Now, I'm not going to give you this person's name. I'm not going to advertise for them. If the Lord wants you to find them, he'll lead you to the one he wants you to listen to. But I'm telling you today that there is an explosion already beginning to take place. And that explosion is going to be the complete end of the American economy. There is going to be a lockup of credit. Both the stock market is going to crash and the debt market is going to crash. And as that takes place, your credit cards won't work. The banks will be closed. You will not be able to take money out of a ATM. You will have what you have. Some of you have placed great confidence in your 401k or in some other instrument of investment. And perhaps for many years, they have been very profitable for you in this easy money environment. I'm telling you today, it's over. Now, I'm not a financial advisor. I am a watchman on the wall. I see what's coming. And if you have eyes to see, you also recognize that the world is controlled by the central banks, by the Federal Reserve. And they are, in fact, bringing in the beast power of revelation. I want to read this for you. Romans, the 13th chapter. And the dragon, that is the devil, stood on the shore of the sea, that is many peoples. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like a bear and a mouth like a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed after the beast. Men worshipped the dragon rather than because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and exercise his authority for 42 months, that is three and a half years. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints, that is, the 144,000, and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, and all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. And I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived." He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or in his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it's a man's number. The number is 666. Now let me be very plain. This is not some far-off future event. This is the event that has been carefully planned for many, many years, centuries. It is now taking place in your lifetime the control grid necessary is already in place in China. It's going to be put in place in Europe, and it's going to be put in place in America very rapidly. You saw how quickly people bowed down and wore their mask, even though it was utterly senseless and non-scientific. You saw how quickly everyone said, Oh, 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 close the church. Why? Because it's non-essential. If you had eyes to see when you heard that, you would know that it was demonic. Costco didn't close. Target didn't close. Wegmans grocery store didn't close. Liquor stores didn't close, but the church, oh, you're non-essential. Demonic. Now I'm going to tell you straight up. All that you see happening in the economic world today has been planned. And it is to bring about a cataclysmic explosion of immense proportion. Many will starve to death. Many will die. America that you have grown up in, that you have known is ending and you will see the end beginning to happen in a much more dramatic way as we come into the fall as we come into august september october november december and then with intensity we will see an uptick in the coming of the beast in 2023 we're in trouble America's in trouble. We're going to live through the most painful, chaotic, and difficult time in America's history. Yea, the history of the world. Because the devil is taking charge. And every unclean thing will be elevated and lifted up. Every sexual impurity and perversion will be honored and lifted up, and churches will participate in this wickedness, and God is angry. Special flags flying out front to say, we cooperate with the devil. We love everybody. They're already given over to the beast power that is arising, and they will be part of the persecution of the holy people of God. Now, I'm being very forward and very blunt, but I want to take you now to the Old Testament, and I want to share a story, and it's a story you must take to heart. Please, let me give you the punchline before I share the story. I want to end this journey toward heaven with shouts of joy and acclamation. I am not going to end my journey with whimpering and moaning. I'm going to end my journey with shouting the name of Jesus and worshiping him and living in the utter joy and pleasure of his presence. And I want you to walk the same way There are many trials and many tribulations that we're going to go through. That's okay. Because we have the blessed hope. We have the blessed hope. We know it's true. And we're going through. There's a song about that. We're going through. We're going through. Hallelujah, we're going through. Can you sing that song with me? If you can, put it in the chat if you're on, if you're on the internet. Are you going to go through? No matter what the pain, no matter what the anguish, are you going to go through? I am. I want you to go with me. By the way, I didn't say. I think at the beginning you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. We're going through. We're at the end. The beast's power is arising. Second Chronicles, the 14th chapter. We have a story. King Asa takes the throne, the throne of Judah. And everything he does in the beginning is good and right in the eyes of the Lord God. He removed the foreign altars, the high places where the Baals were worshipped, He smashed their sacred stones and he cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of his fathers, and to obey his laws and commands. He removed all of the false incense altars. He fortified the cities. And for 10 years, he had no war. God protected them and gave them peace to accomplish the building of righteousness. He said, the land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and they prospered. I love that. They built and they prospered. Asa had an army between Judah and Benjamin of 580,000 soldiers. Now, a Cushite marched out against them with an army much larger than theirs, maybe a million men. Asa rallied his army and went out to meet them, and they took up their battle positions. And then Asa called on the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. And the Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah, and the Cushites fled. This is the same prayer you need to use against sickness, cancer, Alzheimer's. This is the prayer we need to use. There is no one one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. This is the prayer I'm using to bring revival to America. I can't do it. I have no power. The army is much too big for me to deal with. I can't begin to deal with it. The nation is far too evil. The churches are too far gone. They don't want a preacher like me to even darken their doors. They don't want to hear about holiness. They don't want to hear about a rebuke for sin and wickedness. He says, help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we've come against this vast army. Lord, in your name we come against this sickness. In your name we come against this fear. In your name we come against this Evil that has penetrated the church. In your name, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We come against this vast army. Oh, Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Lord, don't let the sickness prevail against you. We praise your name. We worship your name. You are the Almighty. We are on our way. We are going to walk through this storm that is breaking over us right now, and we are going to hide under your wing, Jesus. We are under your pasach, the wing of God. And we're not going to pull back. We're not going to turn aside. We're not going to grow discouraged. We're going to walk straight through. And we're going to have the victory. I have the victory now. I just don't have it in my hands. I have the victory of revival right now. Revival is coming to America. And many, many of the remnant will hear the rebuke for sin and they will turn and repent and it will be a day of great rejoicing as men and women finally break through through and leave the bonds of the wicked and walk in righteousness The Cushites fell in great numbers. They were utterly destroyed. And then the Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Odid, and he gave a prophecy. I want you to listen to this prophecy. It will encourage your heart. Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you seek Jesus with all of your heart, no bondage of sin can remain in you or upon you. Every bondage is broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. Every addiction is demonic and can be broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. But it requires honest repentance. It requires that you be willing to pay the price for righteousness, which is to be crucified with Jesus. I'm going through, I've been crucified, I have died to this life. I'm not walking with ambition. I'm not walking as an entrepreneur. I'm simply waiting upon the Lord because I know that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Is your heart fully committed to Jesus this day? If it is, Testify and say it. Now, for a long time, Israel was was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. That's Second Chronicles fifteen, verse four. For a long time, the American Church. I don't even want to say it. For a long time the American church has been without the true God of heaven. It has been a false Jesus. It's been a sentimental Jesus. We've not had priests or we've not had pastors who would teach the honest truth about sin and righteousness. And the church has been utterly deceived in my lifetime. Over the last 50 years of my ministry, I have watched as the church has been destroyed by lying pastors. I think of Jonathan Edwards, I have read so many time, times the, the sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. He preached that to his own church, and they yawned. They didn't want to hear it. He went to another church and preached the same, supposedly to godly men and women. But the sermon exposed their sin, and they began to cry out in terror because they felt like they were going to be dropped into hell. And indeed, they were about to be dropped into hell if they didn't repent. We have lacked the Jonathan Edwards in our day. You have Paul Washer, whom I love and respect and listen to his videos, but even Paul Washer pulls his punch at the end and is afraid to say, if you walk in sin, you are lost. No, he he instead stands on once saved always saved he stands on the on the corrupted gospel of calvinism jonathan edwards was a calvinist and he he did not stand on a corrupted gospel now i disagree with calvinism i even have used for this broadcast the title uh, pilgrims progress it was it was written by John Bunyan, who was a Calvinist. But he would not tolerate sin. But the modern church has shifted. And so you have nationally known preachers who are dearly loved, who were raised in holiness, but when they could not overcome their sin, they turned to a corrupted Calvinism. breaks my heart. They could not overcome their sin because they would not be crucified with Christ. They wanted to keep their success. They wanted to keep their flesh in, in, in hand. They didn't want to give it all up. After all, they had to succeed in their ministry, right? For a long time, Israel was without the true God and without a priest to teach them, and without the law. That's the condition of the American church, and that's why I say it is an apostate church. And God is going to come and bring a great revival of godliness. And I'm very encouraged by that. In those days it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Praise God! This work I'm doing on the radio will be rewarded. And those of you who participate and give that this broadcast continue, you will be rewarded for your godliness. So be strong. Don't give up. Set your eyes on Jesus. When Asa heard these prophetic words, It greatly encouraged his heart. He continued removing the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin, and even from the towns he'd captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in the front of the portico at the Lord's temple. That is the altar of burnt offering, where, according to Romans 12, we're to lay our lives down. And then he assembled all of Judah and Benjamin and the people from Ephraim and Manasseh and and Simeon who had settled among them. For a large number had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord God was with him. They assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of Asa's reign. At that time, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 head of cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they'd brought back. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and soul. That's what I'm asking you to do. Will you join with me? Will you join with me in a covenant? to seek the Lord, the God of our fathers. Will you seek Jesus Christ with all of your heart and all of your soul and lay aside everything of this world and the wickedness of this world? Will you seek the face of God? They all took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouts and with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord. But in the 36th year of Asa's reign, the king of Israel went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. In other words, he was tired of his people making a pilgrimage and moving to be where the presence of God was. Instead of going and praying about this issue, instead of asking the Lord... He took all of the silver and gold out of the treasuries of Israel and out of the Lord's temple. He even took God's money and he took all that he had and he sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus, an evil and wicked man. And he said, let there be a a treaty between me and you as there has been between my father and your father. So I'm sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. Ben Hadid agreed with the king, and he attacked Israel. Now a prophet, a godly prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah. This is in verse seven, second chronicles. 16 verse 7 because you relied on the king of aram and not on the lord your god the army of the king of aram has escaped from your hand were not the cushites and libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen yet when you relied on the lord he delivered them into your hand For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. Asa, in the end, did not finish with shouts of joy and acclamation. Instead, his pride rose up, and he did not finish the race. As a godly man, he died whimpering in pain, angry, bitter. Asa, in verse 10, was angry with the seer because of this word. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people of his his kingdom. So, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. His disease was very severe. But in his illness, he refused to seek the Lord for healing. Instead, he only would go to physicians. Two years later, he died in agony. So, we see in this story of Asa that he started out right. He did many wonderful things. But in the end, his pride took over. The pride has taken over the Church of America. Pride in popularity and buildings and education. Pride has taken over. And the Church in America no longer seeks after the face of the Lord God of heaven. Instead, they seek their own reputation and prosperity and God is angry and his wrath is now ready to be poured out and I'm standing by faith for revival to come that God's people as they go through the suffering that's going to take place as the explosion of our economy takes place I'm praying that people will become so uncomfortable yes. that they will turn their face to the Lord and they will confess their sins and be received by Jesus and that we will finish this race with shouts of joy and acclamation that we will finish the race that we have begun and not be turned aside not have disease of our feet so we can't walk as a church today the church has diseased feet Oh, it looks pretty, but it's diseased. And it's going to go out with a whimper as their buildings are repoed. And there's no money. They're going to go out with a whimper. I can tell you now, if you will seek the face of the Lord God with all your heart and all your mind, and you will obey the word of the God of heaven. You will exit this life with shouts of joy and acclamation. I've heard people say, It's okay if I die in this. Too proud to repent. Too proud to turn aside and say, I want what Jesus wants. You know what? I want what Jesus wants. I pray you want that also. Well, we're one week away from the close of this month. And we're still quite away from having enough to cover for the radio cost for this month so that we can again be on the air next month. Thank you to each one of you who has given, who has sacrificed, I love you for it. I've put all on the altar. I'm asking you to do the same. Write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346. 2346. Woodbridge, Virginia. two. You can also go to our YouTube channel, NationalPrayerChapel.com. Our webpage, NationalPrayerChapel.com. You can give online or you can watch this broadcast, share it with a friend. If you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please subscribe. It causes it to be spread more widely by Google. God bless you. I love you. Tomorrow is a prayer day. Call and pray with me. I'll talk to you soon.